Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today we are kicking off the new year by talking about a trip I went on last year. It was, in fact, my first bikepacking trip ever, and I'm going to tell you the 10 things I learned by going on that adventure. But first, what better way to start 2024 than by subscribing to your favorite podcast? And which podcast is that, you ask? Well, it's this one, of course. Please open up your phone or app and click follow wherever you are listening. Hit that five-star review as well. It's the best way to help out The Rock Fight. And to all of our subscribers, new and old, we say thank you. All right, let's start the show. So the other day, my daughter asked me who my best friend is. Now, my friend situation is probably similar to a lot of folks who are nearly 50 and have kids, meaning that I don't spend a lot of time with my best friends. It's probably also different from many of my peers in that my wife and I have spent the past 15 or so years moving around the country and trying out different places. So my best friends are scattered throughout the U.S., And this is definitely fed into something I've told my daughter for most of her life. I've tried to impress on her that despite popular opinion, life is actually long. And that the people she's gotten to know in her first 18 years may not be the same folks she chooses to hang out with, you know, over the next 18 years and beyond. Bouncing around so much has taught me that the good relationships, the ones you work to maintain despite the day-to-day bullshit we all deal with, are forged in common interest. It's not hard to find folks to fill your cup for immediate social interaction, but the people you invest in and are invested in you are harder to come by. And you need those anchor points to sustain a friendship like that for a lifetime. And this was all thrust into focus for me when one of my best friends, my pal Jay, had to have open heart surgery about 20 months ago. Oh, and don't worry, Jay's fine. Just some genetic heart stuff that required a quadruple bypass that was definitely scary for him, his family, and all of us that love him. But my man caught it early had the work done, and he recovered in fine style. But as you would expect, it definitely was one of those perspective-building ordeals for all of us involved. Jay and I met through work and have maintained a friendship for nearly 20 years, even though we only worked together for about 18 months. One of the stops that my family made as we traipsed around the U.S. meant that we even lived together in the same town for about a year. And it's one of those classic friendships that if we were neighbors, we'd probably be in each other's homes daily. But since we live far apart, we mostly stayed connected through social media and texts composed of wildly stupid and inappropriate photos and jokes. All while saying things when catching up like, oh man, we should do a backpacking trip or dude, I'm going on a hut trip, you should come. And every time one of us responding, oh yeah, that'd be sick, I'll let you know. And meaning it in the moment. But as soon as the call ended, those good intentions would fade away, only to repeat themselves the next time we spoke like six months later. And then Homeboy goes and has a life-threatening event, and all of a sudden, the stark reality is revealed that, unlike what I constantly tell my daughter, life is actually short. And if you really mean it, that you want to go on an adventure with your friend who lives a few states away, then you better get planning. So to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Jay's life-saving surgery, we planned a bikepacking trip in the San Rafael Swell in Utah. That trip would end up being my defining solo outdoor excursion for 2023 as Jay and I, along with a few other buddies, convened in Red Rock Country for a two-night trip. So to kick off 2024, here are the top 10 things I learned on my first bikepacking trip, starting with, of course, number 10. And number 10 is, take the road trip. So we settled on the San Rafael Swell because the route looked fun, thanks to bikepacking.com and their post about a swell night out. And it was kind of in the middle, geographically speaking, of everyone who was coming. 
It being about a 12-hour drive from Southern California, I thought of flying to Denver and catching a ride with the front-range portion of our party, but ended up opting to make the drive instead, so I didn't have to deal with flying with my bike, and it was absolutely the right call. Most of the road trips I've been on over the past few years have been related to kids' activities or the moves we've made, so I took two days to make the drive. I stopped for a night in Vegas purely so I could have dinner at the greatest steakhouse in the world, Herbs and Rye, and I got the chance to take my time on a long road trip with only my agenda being the one I was worried about. It was a good reminder of how great a road trip can be, so if you have the choice, skip the flight. Enjoy the drive. Number nine, hotels still rule. Just like I said on an episode of The Rock Fight from last spring, if given the choice, I'll take a hotel or my own bed over camping. And despite the good times I had with this crew as we camped for two nights, when I hit a St. George hotel on my way home, got a hot shower and laid on the bed with my belly full of five guys and handles ice cream, yeah, that was just fine in my book. Sorry, take away my adventure card, but I'll take a bed over a tent any day. Number eight, rigid bikes for the win. Everyone threw me some side-eye as I wheeled the rigid karate monkey out of the back of my van, but that gold beauty absolutely crushed it out there. The lesson, as always, suspension is pointless. Number seven, tortillas and beans, tortillas and beans. Nothing ever beats tortillas and beans. We knew we were going to have to carry a lot of water, even for a short trip, so it was an easy decision to leave behind any food that was going to need to be cooked or heated on a stove. I brought a pack of these great locally made SoCal tortillas, a couple of pouches of refried beans, and some Pro Bars, and it worked out great. Especially since some of my companions overpacked like crazy, and I got to help them eat their snacks to help lighten the load, proving that I am such a good friend. And on that note, special shout out to Bryce, who cooked about 18 pounds of bacon to eat as both meals and snacks and shared it with us constantly. Bacon as a trail snack is a criminally underreported notion, and I'm happy to share that tip with you here today. Number six. Don't force your kids into being outdoorsy. Now, I talked about this with Justin Hausman here on the show after I got back from this trip, but while we were out there, we encountered a family riding the same route we were doing, only as a supported ride with an RV waiting for them at the end of the first day. It was a mom and a dad and two daughters, one of whom was 12 years old. And while it's easy to think of that scenario as totally badass, I really wrestled with it. Because while the route we were riding wasn't the hardest I've ever done on a bike, it was still challenging. It was steep, loose, remote, required at least 30 miles of riding on day one, and to be able to confidently handle a ride like that requires experience. If you, like me, started riding seriously when you were an adult, I mean, do you recall your early rides? Those rides when climbing felt impossible and short mileage seemed long. The only way to get comfortable with big days is to work up to those big days. So for this family to be bombing along, passing our group handily, means that this was not the first time they had taken on something like this. And I don't know these people. Maybe their kids are the world's next big endurance athletes pushing their parents to get deep into the Utah backcountry on bikes every weekend. But I doubt that. And there is no difference between pushing your kids to ride mountain bikes and pushing your kids into playing golf or football or soccer. And kids need that push from time to time. But man, with two kids of my own who are about the same age as the girl we saw that day... I can't picture the kid at that age who was all in on that kind of riding. Like religion, finding your own outdoor path is better discovered on your own. So expose your kids to your outdoor interests, of course, but don't make it their existence because it's what you want to do. Number five, your friends will still love you even if you spill their water. Probably. At camp, after a full day of riding and trying our best to manage water where there isn't any, I managed to drop and spill about a third of Jay's bladder. 
I have never apologized for something so fast in my life. Like the bladder was still in free fall and I'm so sorry was already coming out of my mouth. That immediate apology was actually me panicking because where we were, water was at a fucking premium. Fortunately, Jay wasn't angry or at least that angry. And there was a small stream near camp that was flowing that we were able to filter from that we actually never had to use because the next day, as we crossed paths with trucks and vans on some of the double track roads on the route we traveled, everyone was quick to offer us water. So we were able to dump the silty filtered water for fresh bottled water. And it's a good lesson to learn that one, my friend knew it was an accident. And two, everyone deep in the desert had our backs. We were offered multiple drinks and snacks by a lot of folks. So if you fret for humanity's future, just remember that when push comes to shove, just about anyone will jump in and help out their fellow humans. Number four, never stop trying new stuff. For all five of us, this was our first bikepacking trip. During our pre-trip Zoom calls, we all talked about the other adventures we had been on and talked about the hundreds of years of outdoor experience we had collectively. And still on those calls and on a group text thread, it was rife with uncertainty about how to pack, what to pack, and what to expect. We each carried way too much shit and spent most of the trip and subsequent texts after the trip talking about what we would do differently next time, just like we had all done after every other outdoor first in our respective lives. And I honestly believe that this is the absolute peak of what an outdoorsy lifestyle can offer you. Here you had a bunch of veteran folks all of whom had spent time working in the outdoor industry and making the outdoors a part of their lifestyles. And yet there we were learning in real time that we didn't need that third first aid kit after 50 miles of desert riding on bikes that no one really accounted for how hard it would be to ride with all that extra weight. Putting ourselves in a situation like that is the good stuff. It's the stuff that forces us to grow. Which leads right into number three, which is make time for your friends. The trip was in April and it's now January. There's been earnest chatter about getting another trip on the books for 2024, but it's obvious it's going to be hard to do. The five of us are in varying stages of being middle-aged, with one dodging marriage to the best of his ability, as of this recording anyway, to others having kids in the 6 to 14 years old range, to others who will be sending their oldest kid to college this fall. Yeah, that would be me, by the way. And the frustrating thing I guess we all learn in real time as we age is that this is the time in our lives when we finally really know what we want out of our lives, have the physical abilities to do it, and yet have very little time to ourselves. I mean, if I could go back in time and catch 20-year-old Colin complaining about not having enough time to do something, I'd punch him in the mouth. He had no idea. Knowing all of this, it's only now as I'm speaking these words that I'm realizing how special and unlikely this particular trip probably was. The next time this exact group of people get together to do something like we did will probably be when we're all much older. But keeping in touch with a friend from a distance over the years is what led to this trip happening at all. So, you know, pick up the phone and call your friends every so often. Number two, bike bags are better than backpacks. Guys, I feel like I found a biking cheat code. I never liked biking with a backpack, so when hip packs became a thing a few years back, I was stoked. But acquiring several different bike bags for this trip and putting all items and weight on the bike itself and not on my back or hips has been the greatest thing ever. If I ever wear a backpack while mountain biking again, it will be too soon. It's just a better way. And lastly, number one, life is long, but life is also short. Turns out that both versions of the advice I'd given my daughter is correct. Before this trip, the last adventure Jay and I shared was in the fall of 2007, when we did a sprint adventure race shortly after I had moved to Colorado. He didn't have any kids at the time, and my oldest daughter hadn't even turned two yet. 
Now his oldest son is playing high school football and my kid is about to graduate high school. Thankfully, we made the effort to stay in touch and maintain our friendship, but whatever, life is long, right? There are plenty of opportunities to get together if we make it happen. But because life is short, we should probably feel bad about it taking a quadruple bypass for us to finally make time for another adventure. So today is January 1st, the start of a new year. And you know, New Year's is actually the second best holiday of the year after Halloween and just ahead of Thanksgiving. And yeah, that's right. I have Christmas in fourth place. I don't think New Year's is a great holiday because of all the parties and staying up to midnight. I was in bed at about 8.30 last night. It's great because what's better than the fresh slate we get every year on January 1st? So as we enter 2024, I encourage you not to make a list of resolutions, but to go on new adventures and connect with old friends. I mean, what do you want to reflect on next December? The gym commitments you ducked out of 11 months ago? Or the good times you had with your best friends that marked 2024 forever? I remember this trip because of what I learned, but also because of the time I spent with four of my best friends who I don't get to see that much. And lastly, you might be wondering how I answered my daughter's question, the one about who my best friend is. Well, I answered it like a dad. You know, I took about 15 minutes. I ran through each of my best friends, where they lived, how we met, why I valued their friendship, at which point she sighed and walked out of the room. It's all right. She'll get it when she's in her 40s. That's the show for today. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. And here to take us out and throw some rocks of his own is Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.